It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. A lot to get to today because the Green Bay Packers made a major coaching decision on Wednesday. Rob Domovsky originally reported, and it was later confirmed, that Matt LaFleur intends to keep Mike Patton as defensive coordinator after we spent the last 48 hours discussing his potential future and whether or not Matt LaFleur would make a move at that position. And it's interesting because it came the same day. Matt LaFleur had some really pointed words about this defense's performance against the 49ers. You know, you got to give San Francisco credit. They definitely outcoached us. Um, And I, I just didn't feel like we played with the same urgency, the same tenacity, the same toughness. We didn't set the edge the same as we had been earlier this season. And, uh, you know, it's disappointing because it's not like we didn't know what they were going to try to do. We knew exactly what they were going to try to do. We knew they were going to run the football. And, oh, I'm sorry. And for them to be able to, to do that was extremely disappointing. And... Um, I just didn't think we played with this, the same effort as what I had seen earlier in the season. I mean, I don't understand that because you're there. You have an opportunity to go to play in a Super Bowl, and for that to happen, it's, it's extremely it's bothersome. And we got to look at ourselves, everybody. My, i got to look inside of myself and see why, why weren't our players playing with their hair on fire. I think every everybody in our organization has to do that. And after those comments, there was a lot of speculation about Matt LaFleur's intentions. And a number of prominent Packers media suggested that this was a harbinger of things to come. That this indicated that Matt LaFleur, myself included, by the way, that this was an indication that the Packers were set to move on from Mike Patton when asked to endorse Mike Patton, or or at least when asked about his plans, Matt LaFleur did not endorse Mike Patton. And so 
he said, instead, you know, we're, we're going through the process and we're evaluating everything. And, and he offered the cliches that you offer when you're at least thinking about making a move at defensive coordinator. Now, what I don't think anyone should do is take just one game or even two games and say, well, Mike Patton deserved to be fired based on those two games. Or that the that Kyle Shanahan now has the Packers number because of what happened on Sunday. First of all, I don't really believe in having someone's number because you have someone's number right up until you don't. And there's no real indication for why that is. And the Seahawks owned the Packers for a couple years right up until they didn't. And it's just, it's like that. The 49ers owned the Packers like three times. Okay, let's not get carried away. And that was true. You know, that's the same thing. The Colin Kaepernick 49ers. They get him twice in the playoffs and and once in the regular season. And all of a sudden, well, oh, they're the, they're the bugaboo that the Packers get, can't get past. Well, then what happened? The team fell apart. And it's the same thing with the Packers. Kyle Shanahan in in the last three tries has done a very good job against Mike Patton. Does that mean Shanahan owns Mike Patton? No. You go back and look, the talent on this defense has just not been there. And I don't think we should take for granted the fact that these players liked Mike Patton, that continuity is important on defense, and one of the reasons why this was an arranged marriage from the start, why Green Bay said, hey, you know, we'd really like you to keep Mike Patton. And, you know, according to reports, Matt LaFleur had Mike Patton as one of the guys on his list. And Green Bay suggested, hey, I think it's a good idea if you keep him. And so he did. He made progress in year one under Matt LaFleur. Now, he made progress with better players. And, uh, you know, the, the critics of this move want to point to, oh, well, he inherited the Dom Capers defense and they went from 24th to 30th in DVOA. Okay, but then with real players, he took that team to 16th and they were 10th against the pass. Defense is more important to have players than offense because offense, you can scheme guys open. You, with good play calling and good play stacking, you can create advantages for your offense, not driven by talent. On defense, you need the talent. You need the horses. And Green Bay didn't have it. Now, you can look at also the raw numbers and say, oh, by DVOA, this this uh, this defense got worse in year one under Patton compared to the last year under Dom Capers. But that Dom Capers defense was the worst situational defense in football. Bad on third down, bad in the red zone. And they consistently found ways to stay on the field. Mike Penton's defense last year, not a great third down defense, but a decent one and, and got off the field in big spots when they needed to. In the divisional playoff game, they get the third down sack. Russell Wilson can't take them down the field with a chance to score late. How many games in the beginning of the season did Green Bay win with a turnover or a sack or seal it with a big play? Or when, when the Vikings are driving, you get an interception in the end zone from Kevin King. This defense was able to come up with plays when it needed it, not in the NFC Championship game, but I don't think it makes sense to base an entire offseason or your future on one game. It just doesn't. Green Bay was 23rd against the run last year. 23rd. That is not great. It's also not awful. 
DVOA measures the value over average, okay, adjusted for schedule. Their defense overall was less than a percentage point under zero. So average, they're, I mean, 16th tells the story, just a tick below, just a tick below average. That's not a bad defense. And they were good against the pass, great creating pressure. So he took talent, molded it. A lot of young players, Kevin King, his first real year as a starter. Darnell Savage is a rookie. Jair Alexander is a year two player. Adrian Amos in his first year in this defense. Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, their first year in this defense. Tyler Lancaster is having to start above his head. You've got Raven Green in there at the beginning of the year. First year starter, undrafted free agent. Later, Ibrahim Campbell, first time preferred starter in this defense and limited experience overall. And yet they were able to come together in the biggest game of the regular season that Green Bay played late in the year against Minnesota. This defense kicked the shit out of Kirk Cousins. Absolutely beat him down. Sorry, Grandma, pardon my language. We only remember what just happened. We only remember that in the second half, Russell Wilson came back and made some plays, forgetting that in the first half, Green Bay held the Seahawks down, did not let them do anything in that game. Or that in the first half of the 49ers game, the first time, the defense played great and the offense was terrible and set them up in disadvantageous positions. We can make the case that Wade Phillips would have been a better coach or that Chris Richard would come in and do a better job. But those guys were flawed candidates too. Wade Phillips just got fired because he and that Rams defense, despite the stars that they have, despite Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in football, despite Jalen Ramsey, the best cover corner in football, and despite Corey Littleton, a player that every Packer fan wants Green Bay to sign, despite having those guys on the field, the Rams still beat them down 45-6. to They gave up 44 to the Cowboys in a game that would have significantly helped their playoff standing, and they gave up 34 to the 49ers in a division game late in the year. It's not like... Wade Phillips did a bang-up job last year. Now, overall, those defenses were good. They also had superstar players. Chris Richard has no proven track record as a coordinator. None. His value is derived from being an up-and-coming position coach on the Legion of Boom staff. A lot of the best players on that team, Camp Chancellor Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, credited him for their development. But when given more and more responsibilities, his team's did not perform at a high level. So what is the guarantee that those coaches are going to come in and be better relative to a coach that the players love and you're able to keep continuity in a system? Now, does that mean that that they're done making moves, that they might not bring in a, a run game coordinator on defense or a new defensive line coach or something like that? No. There are other things that can be done here. But I think way too much of the negative reaction to this move is derived from one poor performance. Go back to 2009. The best defense Aaron Rodgers has ever played with by DVOA. They go out, Charles Woodson was Defensive Player of the Year, and they get waxed, get absolutely destroyed by Kurt Warner in Arizona in a playoff game. Just get demolished. It's one of the most efficient quarterback performances in playoff history. And this was a great defense, a great defense, but certainly by Packer standards of recent vintage. 
the defensive player of the year. They get waxed. The next year, the Packers went to the Super Bowl and won. Now, they regressed the year after that, and that and that's fine. And they were actually pretty bad in 2011, despite the 15-1 and record. But in 2012, they were good again. I don't want us to take too much away from one game because the Packers' defense did come through in games this year. When they were healthy early in the year, when they were rolling later in the year, the defense came through. But they're still a flawed group. And San Francisco happened to be perfectly equipped to take full advantage of that in a way that a lot of teams simply aren't. And matchups in the playoffs mean everything. It's not just player quality and team quality 1v1. It doesn't work like that. San Francisco was equipped to to handle the Packers' flawed personnel. And Matt LaFleur said it. They knew what the 49ers were going to do. They knew they were going to try and run the ball, and Green Bay still couldn't stop it. That is concerning. But Matt LaFleur seemed just as upset that this team didn't bring energy, that they didn't bring tenacity, that they didn't set the edge, that Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith didn't play like leaders of this football team, that they didn't come out with a want to that this team needed in that moment. And it's something that they have to figure out. It's something that they have to get sorted because in those games, you can't not be up for them. Come on. One game from the Super Bowl, and yes, that's coaching, but it's also leadership. It's also on the players to be ready for those moments. It's on Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Tremont Williams and Blake Martinez and Kenny Clark and Jair Alexander and Kevin King and all those guys who play with the swagger and want to have fun and they love each other and they've got the great culture. So bring your A game when your team needs you. Play with that ferocity that we've seen you play with. Instead, what we got was a performance that embarrasses the organization, embarrasses the defense, and hangs your coach out to dry. Because it's not like Mike Pettin didn't change his formula. It just didn't matter. The players didn't execute, and they didn't have a great counter plan because Number one, the personnel is limited. And number two, San Francisco just executed the hell out of their game plan. They should get credit too. To me, this is not a net negative or a net positive move. I can see the wisdom in wanting to move on into trying someone like Chris Richard or Wade Phillips or Jim Leonard, who we have no idea if he was willing to leave Wisconsin. Dave Aranda would have been another interesting candidate, but he, he took the Baylor job. We have no idea if there were better options out there. Canning Mike Patton just to can him doesn't help. You need to find out what you can get, what you can replace him with. The focus now can be everyone finding their role in making sure this doesn't happen again. Whether it's intensity, whether it's focus, whether it's game plan and you're a coach, whether it's personnel in the front office, everyone played a part. You know, it's sort of the, the opposite of when Mike Holmgren said famously after the Super Bowl when they won, Everyone had a hand in it and everyone got it done. Well, everyone had a hand in it and everyone made sure it couldn't get done because the coaching, the players, and the personnel were all not good enough. So everyone needs to look in the mirror, figure that out, and everyone watching, look, we'll hang up and listen and we'll see you in April. But you don't have to wait to get in the action at my bookie. Between football season, the NBA, college basketball, it's time to get off the sidelines and in on the action with my bookie. 
If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the game from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back in the game where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And right now, if you join MyBookie, they will match your first deposit halfway up to $1,000. That means if you put in $2,000, they will give you $1,000 in free money to play with. That's right. They will give you $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code Locked On to take advantage of MyBookie's sign-up offer at MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store so this is a conversation i wanted to have even before we found out that mike Petton was returning as defensive coordinator when i went back and watched this game it became clear, and, and it, it dovetails with what Matt LaFleur said. They knew Kyle Shanahan was going to run the ball. And the reason they knew that is because Green Bay's best defensive personnel grouping is in nickel. And when they get to face you in 11 personnel, when you go three receivers, or even in two receiver sets with a tight end and two running backs, or even two tight ends, Green Bay feels like it has the advantage because it can use that three defensive linemen front, play with the one linebacker, and they can do everything that they need to do in terms of coverage and stopping the run. What San Francisco said was, we're not going to let you play from the personnel grouping that you want to play from because we know your linebackers can't run. We know that you can get a little anxious in, in pursuit. Guys don't shed blocks great in the running game. There's flaws on the defensive line, and your safeties at times can take bad angles. So if we can run the ball and we can play action you, we don't think you can stop us. And that was the deal. Green Bay didn't play good gap responsibility. They didn't take good angles to the ball. They didn't get off blocks. And most teams can't execute. Most teams can't, you get you get the Packers in base personnel, get B.J. Goodson on the field, and you can't execute often enough. Green Bay is going to be able to stop you often enough consistently that you just can't, you can't live and die that, that way. You can't throw eight passes and win. Green Bay played all-time bad defense. And this is, a, this is a point that I try to make about Mike Patton. They were 23rd in defense in the run game. They played an all-time bad defensive game. That's not the same thing. Over time, teams are not just going to run the ball to death on Green Bay. The Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. They were 29th 
in run defense DVOA. They played a great game against the Titans because that's really all Tennessee can do. But San Francisco can can do a lot of different things. Green Bay was keyed on to stop the play action. They were keyed up to prevent big plays. And so San Francisco knew that, used it to their advantage, and said, okay, when you have your linebackers on the field, when we run outside, we don't think that you can chase these guys down, not with the speed of Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman and what the offensive line can do to lesser guys like Tyler Lancaster and even Dean Lowry. Blake Martinez can't get off blocks. B.J. Goodson can't run sideline to sideline. So San Francisco was ideally positioned to take advantage of the personnel deficiencies that Green Bay has. And I wrote about this yesterday for Agni Packing Company. That game exposed the specific personnel flaws that Green Bay has. They don't have a defensive lineman other than Kenny Clark who you have to really care about. And they don't have linebackers who can flow in the run game. Now, again, most teams are not going to be able to live and die this way. I don't think San Francisco went into this game saying, well, we think we can win this game with Jimmy G throwing eight or nine passes. There's no way they thought that. This was above and beyond anything they could have expected. Green Bay safeties took horrible angles. Adrian Amos goes out in this game. Jair Alexander goes out in this game. I think they could have thrown the ball more effectively if they wanted to. They just didn't need to. This Part of this was just want to. You know, Zadarius Smith getting blocked by George Kittle. You don't expect your best player to lose that one-on-one matchup. And he did over and over. And Kenny Clark didn't get enough penetration for it to matter on these, on these outside zone runs. And it is troubling that for a team that runs so much outside zone to play another team that runs outside zone and not be ready for outside zone. Now it didn't, it wasn't just outside zone. They ran counters and traps and, and really a diverse array of, of runs, but these are base NFL plays. These are high school plays. These are middle school plays. These guys have been seeing these plays since peewee ball. It should not be a surprise how to defend them. And yet they were not in a position to succeed. That is a problem. Now it's not just a coaching problem. It's a player problem as well. You got to trust your players to go out and do their job. It is not in the plan to say, oh yeah, give up the edge. That's fine. Or, oh, go get blocked by a tight end. Part of a defense's mandate is that it has to defeat blocks in order to win. That's the deal. Because if you don't defeat blocks, you're going to get run over. And they didn't defeat blocks often enough. Green Bay does not have the speed at linebacker to cover or deal with these teams that can create on the outside in particular the way that a San Francisco can. They would have had a nightmare of a time trying to deal with Lamar Jackson and all of the speed that they can throw out there. Because they don't have linebackers who can run and they don't have defensive linemen beyond Kenny Clark who can impact the game. And so this is the perfect team to expose Green Bay. If it were a different team, if this had been the Saints in New Orleans, they would not have, it would not have gone this way. It would not have looked this way because they wouldn't have attacked Green Bay this way. It, it made it easy for Brian Gutekunst to say, these are the flaws of the defense. And it's not about chasing a matchup with the 49ers. You don't have to, to grab players who help you win a specific game because that's who you're going to match up with because you never know. You never know. Nick Bosa could get hurt next year and Richard Sherman could, could rupture his Achilles again and all of a sudden this defense could be awful. 
a reminder that a year ago everyone wanted Robert Sala fired, and now he's you know a hot head coaching candidate and in, in the mix for assistant coach of the year and all those things. He looks like a genius because they upgraded the personnel. If Green Bay gets a, a speedy linebacker in there, maybe that changes everything for this defense. That it it fixes some of the geometry problems that they had. One of the reasons why they were a little bit more predictable in the coverages that they were running is because they had to, in heavy personnel, play zone because their linebackers can't run with anybody. You can't trust Blake Martinez to run with a tight end and man coverage. So anytime a team is going to put two tight ends on the field or two backs on the field, you have to play zone because Green Bay didn't have the personnel to play man coverage. So we want to have complaints about Mike Patton. That's fine. I think there are reasons to be concerned, and I think there are things that that are upsetting about the game plans in some of these games. But the personnel was importantly limited, and Kyle Shanahan was smart in how he attacked this defense. He also had the ideal personnel with a tight end like George Kittle who can who can block someone like Zadarius Smith. The list of great tight ends who can who can do what Kittle can do in the passing game and block Zadarius Smith is one player. It's one player and it's George Kittle. So again, I don't think basing the entire premise of should Mike Pettin stay or go, don't base it on one game. One game where the team came out lifeless, they didn't execute, they didn't play well, and they got their their butts kicked. They did. They still won 14 games, and this defense still made significant improvements. Now, do they have a ways to go? Yeah, they do. Now, could some of that improvement come from Kenny Clark takes another step forward? He's still so young. And Zadarius and Preston Smith, one more year in this defense, they take a step forward. Jair Alexander continues his star turn. Year two of full, healthy Kevin King, assuming he can do that. All of a sudden, maybe you've really got something. Darnell Savage makes a year two leap. Defense is about talent. No one wanted to hire Vic Fangio as a head coach until they traded for Khalil Mack and drafted Eddie Jackson. And then all of a sudden, he was a trendy head coaching hire again. It's amazing what talent can do. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Home. You were a lot more than just a home this year. Thank you for letting me eat all those meals at my desk or take all those morning meetings from bed. Make the office chair my midday nap spot, our area rug my yoga mat, and our closets into storage for all our anxiety shopping. Yeah, you wore a lot of hats. 
while we mostly wore sweatpants, which now have their very own dresser drawer thanks to you. I know it wasn't always great. We accidentally killed a lot of plants, learned a lot of really bad dance moves, relearned a lot of fourth grade math, spent a whole month rearranging the office furniture every day, but you always gave us space to sleep it off. So thank you, home. At IKEA, we think home deserves more credit for staying organized even when life is messy, for keeping us energized, for boosting our calm. Home does a lot for you, which is why we want to do more for your home. Find new home office, bedroom, and organization solutions at IKEA. All right, no Friday show, but we're going to be back next week with a lot more Locked on Packers action. It is our Mock Draft Monday show coming. We're going to talk about some draft, and I want to talk a little bit I want to talk a little bit about the quarterback situation because I've been studying these quarterbacks. I've started my film study in earnest, and I want to talk about the potential options here because Matt LaFleur had some interesting comments in his end-of-year presser about the quarterback position and their their potential interest in drafting one, and it's something that I want to get into next week. And we're going to start our report card series. I think we'll start with receiver, so we'll talk about where Green Bay was this year with receivers, the the players they could be looking at in the draft and in free agency. Uh, That'll be coming up soon. I I don't have a start date for that, but it's got to be soon because we don't have that much time before the the free agency open. We had a lot more time last year when when all of a sudden January 1, we could be talking about this. But the Packers were playing meaningful football in January, and that's important, and hopefully you enjoyed it. All right, next week all of that and a lot more. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do it. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.